0: And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with New Age Insider's Chief of Staff, D.C. Matthews and the unendorsed, Doc Manson.
1: Bull! 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 I'm gonna keep going until you drop me.
2: Okay, hi, how you doing? Boo! No, I just interrupted you.
1: Oh, okay, sorry. Hello hi. everyone!
2: Welcome to the pod. I'm I'm DC Matthews. <laughs> Let's do that again. Let's do it again. No, I'm uh, I'm Doc Manson in fact. At Doc Manson on Twitter.
1: And I am DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI and I have to thank you neighborhood. Starting out the show, I want to thank you for all of the support, all of the heartfelt tweets and well wishes as I try to deal with the fact that Bull Dempsey is no longer a member of the NXT roster. A lot of people knew that this was going to this one was going to hit me deep. It was going to hurt me hurt me deep.
2: I like Bull so. Dempsey, man. I like Bull Dempsey a lot. Um he was a good sort of monster, old school guy when he first came out. He languished there for a bit, and the Bullfit stuff I thought was fairly entertaining.
1: I, don't know. I will go one step further and say that Bullfit video, the first one, yes, might be my favorite bit of wrestle silly that I've seen. The only thing that uh, right off the top of my head can remember. top it, and the DDT awards. Did we? Uh, did, did, it, did that place? We really should have written down. Yeah, we really, we really should have
2: (laughs) written that down. Um,
1: The only two things I can think of that top it are uh, Stone Cold and Booker T brawling in a grocery store.
2: Yeah,
1: and uh, Eugene. Did you were you Yes, Yes. Eugene's training video with William Regal, Stephen Regal, Stephen William, Bobby Regal. I can't remember. It's William. It's one of those. It's one of those Regals. One of the Regal brothers. Those are the. Uh, that would be so great if they were brothers, a um, triplets. That, those are the only two like little vignettes uh, that I can remember being as wholly entertained by as that Bullfit, yeah, thing. Um, you know, I did not like what Bullfit became. It was you know, okay. it's, so so it actually for me it softened the blow when when Bull Dempsey was released. I was like, okay, and from what I've heard, the rumor is that he asked to be released. And I can understand that. I could, you know, go make a name for yourself elsewhere. Remind people that you are really good, because he was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go remind people that you're really good
2: by working by
1: mitzvahs. Yeah, absolutely. Go uh, go
2: remind hey. people. Go on back hey. to... If he can earn a couple Honor.
1: shekels, if he can earn a couple shekels, uh, then, then I, I just made myself uncomfortable there by saying that. Uh, if he can earn some money... Doing that, you know, he's going. I think he's back to being Bull James. Apparently, he's already got a pro wrestling tease shop. Because really, every independent wrestler now has a pro wrestling tease shop. When is DDT Wrestling gonna get their own? How does pro that? Wrestling how does that work? Shop?
2: Is that a website where you go and just put designs up?
1: I think so. And then um, they, you pay them. They sell the shirt, and you give them a cut.
2: Well, I think we'd have
1: to um, have an audience first. Because and then, a, and then a T-shirt,
2: yeah. And if we didn't have an audience, who would buy the T-shirts? And we don't have
1: an audience. My mom, because she we have to... we have What do you mean we don't have an audience? There's there are literally hundreds. No, there's not. there are there are a couple hundred people that listen to this no, show. that's and not By true. definition, by definition of what your definition of couple means, then I'm right. Two no. to three hundred. No no, 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 no. Because
2: there's a couple hundred people subscribe to the NAI pod feed. There's no guarantee that they listen to our show. They could just have that set to auto-subscribe. It downloads our pod right to their phone, and they just delete it. You have no idea they're listening to it.
0: You don't have those numbers.
1: So then I have to assume that they all are listening. No, what you have to assume is that none of them are listening. And that many other hundreds of people are downloading this illegally on the black market, and are unable, we are unable to find those numbers. Mm, there's a big black pod market, huh? I think so. Don't uh-huh. you? No, I know. Uh, speaking of numbers, since I think... Now, do you want to stay in NXT, talk about NXT, and then move on? No, oh, don't matter. Or, or do you want to talk about your... You, know, you brought a topic up I for did. today's conversation. I wanted to talk about the 2015 uh, WWE Financial Report. I, I think you know. I think today's show should just be based solely on uh, the best segues possible. And if we ping pong back and forth between a bunch of topics, speaking of ping pong, no. Um, so the financial report. I would have given you. Uh, I would have given you a standing ovation if you had figured out a way. I
2: mean, I could have started cock- talking about mocap in Mortal Kombat again. If you really wanted me just to talk about anything that I do with
1: ping pong. No, I'm just saying, if you could if you could have figured out how to get ping pong... Oh, ping pong. I thought, you know, you could have gotten into talking about 50-50 booking, but I think we've already covered that and how that's... Yeah, we did cover that. All yeah, right, tell I me about... Just I... W- I just want
2: to gloat some more, because, you know, WWE is basically at their most profitable they've been. It's a record-breaking year for them, and everybody who keeps saying doom and gloom, uh, the network revenues are now twice what their historical pay-per-view Revenues were So e- Now I have not one read point, Hold on, there's 1.2 million subscribers So yes. even if you were to have that That would be 600,000, correct? At 600,000 subscribers They were breaking even With historical pay-per-view revenues do you remember back when there was about 600,000 subscribers on that network and everybody said, oh, it's a failure, they're going to go out of business, oh, it's terrible. And remember when I wrote that article, it said, actually, they've already broken even, it's fine, uh, the numbers just keep coming. That's all I can tell you.
1: You you right? Well, this was are back when we
2: were part of the number two contenders,
1: you see. We weren't part of the number two contenders, we were the number two contenders.
2: Well, I think we still are the number two contenders, but we've also grown a bit since then. But yeah... Um, it, it 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 just kind of just speaks for itself. They're back to you know, the most profitable they've ever been.
1: So if one point two, all right, you're going to have to help me with this. They're more profitable
2: than HBO now. Crunchyroll, NFL Game Pass, Sling TV. Like, what do you? What, I mean, what more do you want to hear? I mean, there's one thing I could tell you about, um, and that would be you know during the conference report, I could I could probably tell you a little bit about. Vince McMahon talking about ratings numbers Here's what Vince McMahon had to say about the TV
1: ratings uh, Do it in a Vince Do it, sound like Vince Sound like to? Vince All right.
2: yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> the, the company is, building. is not as worried about TV ratings As they once were And he added that while WWE TV ratings might be down They're not as down as other shows Which are on the same networks As WWE programming YOU'RE
1: FIRED! Actually, right now it's you're suspended, but we'll get to
2: that. Oh, We'll get to that. Um, yeah, well, so while TV is still important to the WWE, uh, with all the social and digital content they now have, people are consuming content when they want to, as opposed to when it airs on TV, which is very important to the WWE. WWE used to live and die by TV ratings, but those days are gone, and we are in a new era of media. That sounds a heck of a lot like an argument I made a couple months ago on this very podcast
1: I think we've both said it on this very podcast. I just
2: like to gloat when i 'm right that's all I really I, like to i'm gloat. going
1: I am going to be gloating later in the show when we talk about a certain tag team that has done what i 've been saying they 've been going to do for a long time, so i'm going to gloat about that, but we 're absolutely right here. you know one point two million subscribers paying ten dollars a month makes. 12 million correct is my math right there <laughs> yeah that's you know wait what'd you say I wasn't listening I'm just nodding at you really what did you 1 say point two million subscribers yeah at $10 a month yeah means they're making $12 million a month well is that correct math
2: yeah sure. I mean, not taking into account what they have to spend to keep those servers up, make new content and all that.
1: It's not all no no, I'm, I'm, I'm a, yeah. I have this argument with Mrs. Matthews all the time. I want to know how much money they've made, not how much money they've actually you know I don't care about the take the stuff out. You know, they're bringing in that much, so what? Uh, so why do you always have this conversation with Mrs. Matthews, to use your own words against you? Mrs. Matthews has a side business where she sells things that oh. she crafts. Oh. And so she's sexy. No. Well, she is, of course, but <laughs> no. Um Are you uncomfortable yet? No, no. And so, you know, she'll she'll get this big order and I'll be celebrating, you know, the cost of the order. And then she'll say, well, you have to factor in the time and the materials and all of that and then the sales tax and all of that. And my brain shuts down. This is why I don't ever read the quarterly reports because I, you know, there's a reason I teach children is because I can do basic math and that's about it. You're talking to the guy who got a D in math 102 in college. So when we come time to calculating taxes and percentages and, you know, all of that kind of stuff, my brain gets all fuzzy and I just, you know, need a nap. So I just want the basic stuff. So if 1.2 million subscribers sounds like a great number, and of course they're going to be more profitable, you know. This is a fantastic way of doing business in 15 years, when we're sitting down doing episode 500 of DDT Wrestling, or whatever we call it then, it'll be episode 20 of the 10th name of this podcast, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be talking about how WWE Network was a trendsetter. You know, this is they, they were one of the first to do this thing that everybody's going to be doing. When you have NBC Network and CBS All Access and the Fox Channel and all of that kind of stuff, this is going to be a thing. So, I'm happy. I'm glad that everybody else should be taking this and understanding that it doesn't matter that you know they managed the the last segment of Monday Night Raw happened to get such and such a rating. it doesn't matter. They Cable. have built
2: a business for themselves, which is not as dependent on television.
1: It's a yes. very smart business move for them to have done now, what was the last segment of Monday Night Raw this week? Huh?
2: Um, I'm asking
1: I'm asking a tongue-in-cheek question. I think Doc it was probably
2: on Titus O'Neil being suspended. That was no, probably that happened, the very that last happened,
1: time. That happened after. Very
2: briefly after I did then. Because yes. everybody was still on that stage. I've seen the gif.
1: But why, but why were they on the stage?
2: Um, because... Titus O'Neil no, it
1: has nothing to do oh. with Titus O'Neil
2: Oh, uh, in that case it must have something to do With the retirement of CM Punk from the UFC He's never going to fight He is never going to fight I think he is going to fight I don't think this was some sort of big elaborate thing I think he legitimately has got a bad back He thought he was going to be able to just sort of rehab through it Turns out not the case And, you know, it's going to put off his debut
1: for a while, but I think he'll totally fight. And I think what's going to happen is he's going to have been so... The number of injuries that you sustain in a professional wrestling career is so significant that he's never going to be 100% healthy to have a UFC fight. It's going to be the back. And then once the back is Brock Lesnar was never 100% healthy when he was in the UFC. CM Punk doesn't look like Brock Lesnar. Uh, He doesn't have to. It's a different weight class. When CM Punk has pectoral muscles and trapezius it's a muscles different class. that have their own pectoral and trapezius muscles, then I'm just saying he didn't have to be 100 percent healthy. When you look like that, you can get by. This is a, we're, this is a perfect thing to talk about. Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan had a serious neck injury. I wrote about this on Monday or Tuesday, one of the days. But
0: that's a, that, but that's
2: not even really correct. I mean, yes, he had a serious neck injury, but it's not the neck injury that retired
1: him. No. It's concussions.
2: Yeah, concussion syndromes.
1: Did you watch him on SportsCenter? Center? I did, did not. I don't even know what Sports what Center is. is. <laughs> Anyways,
2: um, is that a channel? I, is that a is that an it's online a show program? On a channel is. I mean, what it, is that? A Sports Center is that your is that a shopping center where you go to buy sporting goods? Is it like a dick sporting goods? Is that what a sports
1: center is? You know that that is interesting because that's what it sounds like. And the story that you go to is the sports authority, which sounds like it should be a TV show. Indeed, indeed. Rhode Island is neither a road nor an island. So Daniel Bryan so Daniel Bryan uh, retired. Were you surprised when you saw the tweet or heard about it? Were you surprised? Were surprised
2: you- is not the wrong word because I probably sort of anticipated it for some time. Uh, but the finality of it is, you know, always a little surprising, especially given what we had heard about him not wanting to throw in the towel. I think we were definitely prepared for it. It wasn't outside the realm of possibility. But to hear that, oh, yeah, where this is definitely happening, I mean, yeah, I would guess that's still... It's still
1: a bit surprising. I, I can't say I was surprised. I was saddened, certainly. Um, you know, I didn't expect it. It, it came out of a, a little bit of left field, but I think when you're dealing with a guy who has had the number of injuries, when you're dealing with a guy who makes a living diving off the top rope and doing headbutts, which really can we can no one do that anymore, please. Now, granted, the last person to do that who was Bull Dempsey. I don't think I've seen anyone else do a headbutt besides maybe a, a Dudley Boy. Um, you know, it, it's not necessarily it's not shocking. Uh, I was saddened by it. I thought the segment was great. I thought he did a great job. Uh, I think he guaranteed himself an on-air spot if he ever chooses to have one. I don't know that he ever will. But he did such a nice job in that moment that I think if they ever wanted to make him the raw general manager like they did to McFoley or something, I think that would be fine. Um, you know, but I, I, I'm sad because it, I missed the majority of Daniel Bryan's WWE career. I did not watch wrestling for most of the early 2000s, so I missed all of Team Hell No. I missed all Team of his fights. No. Is a great
2: example of week after week of great wrestle silly, mm. and uh, I I don't know. I guess yeah, I'm not as surprised as maybe as I should be. That was one of the first times I can remember Kane being, you know, a really good sort of comedic foil, and that kind of just came back again for the whole corporate Kane thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. it
1: was it was a good it was a good interaction between yeah, Kane but and I, Daniel Bryan. You know, I wasn't watching during the Nexus, so when he even came out, or the NXT when he came out, so you know, I missed the vast majority of Daniel Bryan's career. My first WrestleMania that I watched was thirty, so you know, I caught the tail end of it, um, really. So I'll have to go back and you know watch what I missed. I watched him in Ring of Honor, his match, the triple threat match. Uh, American Dragon, Christopher Daniels, and Low-Key remains probably among my top five matches of all time. It is that good. So, you know, obviously a blow for the wrestling business. Obviously, you know, a uh, uh, a top name. But my question to you, Doc Manson, because uh, I feel like we've talked, enough people in the world have talked about Daniel Bryan by now. My question for you is this. Do you think, in your esteemed PhD wisdom, would you consider Daniel Bryan to be a Hall of Famer? Yes. Why? Why not?
2: I mean, he. I mean, look at him. He had a storied career. He came up through NXT. He was involved in the Nexus. That was a pretty good storyline. Admittedly, he got fired right away, but he came right back. And since then, what did he do? He went on to uh, win. the the WWE Heavyweight Championship. He won the WWE title. He won the U.S. Championship, the Intercontinental title. He was a tag team champion. He held every single damn belt there was to hold in that company. He had storied um, you know, storied storylines with, as we mentioned, uh, Kane and John Cena and The Authority and Randy Orton and I mean you you just WrestleMania 30 alone the, the pinnacle of that storyline the moment he got uh winning that belt before it all started coming crashing down. I mean that's a guy who as long as he was in the WWE as much as the fans want to say that he was being held back that management didn't like him, he was too small. If you really look at Daniel Bryan's career, he was always doing something. Creative always had something for him he was always involved in something whether it was main event or not he was always on tv doing something and i don't know man for the the amount of time that he was in the wwe i don't know if that was eight years i think it's something along those lines right that guy he did everything he held every belt he was always involved he was there and he became the top guy not many people even people who headline wrestlemanias don't get moments like Daniel Bryan got at the end of WrestleMania 30. And off the strength of that alone, Hall of Famer all the way. Now let me play Devil's Advocate for And actually, just no. A before you play Devil's Advocate, I'm going to go on because, you know what, there's a lot that Daniel Bryan did that I think people don't have an appreciation for. He's a little guy who made it to the top It got to the main event, did it, held his own. If it wasn't for Daniel Bryan coming up through the indies, if it wasn't for him and CM Punk and these guys... Would we have an NXT like we have now? Would we have Finn Balor? Would we have Sami Zayn? Would we have Kevin Owens? Would we have Dean Ambrose? Would we have Seth Rollins? I don't think so. He blazed a trail in the modern era for the smaller wrestler that, again, I don't think people really appreciate very much, but he was on the cutting edge of that wave, and he made that a thing that could happen in the WWE. He changed the paradigm upon which much of that company was built before him. As you were saying,
1: DC Method. Okay. Well, let me play devil's advocate, and you make it hard to do so because you make a very compelling argument, specifically that last part, but I'll do my best here. Daniel Bryan had a great career. Won a bunch of titles. Had every title. Good. Won a bunch of titles, including every title. Great. Um. So did the Miz. The Miz is a Hall of Famer. Oh, thank you. Okay. We'll talk about it good. I would agree with that. Well, right. Continuing to play Devil's Advocate. He won every title. Great. Uh, he had some fantastic all-time moments. Great. The Yes Movement is a Hall of Fame storyline, but Daniel Bryan not necessarily a Hall of Famer. Because that yes movement, that is more symbolic of the fans rallying behind a guy and forcing World Wrestling Entertainment's hand in saying, this guy, we are going to cheer for this guy with such veracity, you have no choice but to make him a star. And then to counter your point here, and I I would not, again, I'm playing devil's advocate, DC Matthews does not actually approve with these opinions. When you end... The uh, Monday Night War era When WCW ends When ECW ends The only way that you're going to get new wrestlers Is through the indies Before that wasn't the case Before you got guys from Atlanta and WCW From Philadelphia and ECW Somebody was going to be that trailblazer Who came up from the indies And was the first real guy to do that It happened to be CM Punk and Daniel Bryan But it was going to be somebody So it's not necessarily that Daniel Bryan is this fantastic guy. He just happened to be the first guy. Do we need to put the first guy for everything in the Hall of Fame? Hey, man, whether it's a case of being in the right place at the right time, he's still executed. Now, that is me playing devil's advocate. Again, it is hard for me to decide since I missed all of it. (laughs) I missed everything but his world title win at WrestleMania and his Intercontinental title win at WrestleMania 31 including Ricky Steamboat's whoa yeah. Having said that, there is no doubt he is a Hall of Famer regardless. And that just that retirement speech alone proves it. Oh, you want to talk about guys who aren't Hall of Fame material?
2: Let me throw a name out there for you. Sure. Marty Jannetty
1: No, he is not a Hall of Famer. Marty
2: Jannetty is not a Hall of Famer. And he was involved in a big, uh, pivotal, sort of iconic moment, you know, uh, going through that glass in the barbershop. Absolutely. Barbershop window. And, you know, the Rockers are maybe one of the more storied tag teams of all time. And and that's mostly because of its association with Shawn Michaels. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, off of the strength of that alone, you could make an argument for Marty Jannetty, I suppose. Um, But I don't
1: think he's a Hall of Famer at all. The only way that Marty Jannetty was gonna to touch the Hall of Fame is you know, it's is if he got in as part of the Rockers. And Shawn Michaels went on to do so much after the Rockers that the Rockers are pretty much an afterthought yeah. at this point. Um let me ask you this though, and actually I'm not asking you, at Heeltown underscore USA is asking you, our good buddy Heeltown. Doc Manson, is Scott Steiner a Hall of Famer? Yes. And you want to know why? Because I need
2: to hear that accepted speech. I was going to say, break down the percentages as to why he's a Hall of Famer. I just need to hear that speech. I need... My my life cannot be complete until I hear that speech.
1: Is that the only reason? Pretty much. That he's a Hall of Famer? Uh, No, he's a... Yeah. The Steiner Brothers alone, they're, you know, want to talk about a story tag team. The Steiner Brothers, Japan, WWE, or WWF, uh, WCW, won titles, dominated. What was the other guy's name? Rick? Rick. The Rodney? dog-faced gremlin. Yeah, yeah. That with guy. the headgear. Um, Is he a Hall of Famer? As part of the Steiner Brothers, yes. You could make a case that Scott Steiner had a Hall of Fame career uh, above and beyond that but I think the Steiner brothers get in uh Big Papa Pump does not. He was just a little too crazy and by the time he got to WWE just a little too um what's the word? terrible.
2: And that's the other thing with him now given he does have seemingly, you know, trouble with some of the places that he's worked in the recent past. He doesn't seem particularly well liked anymore by any of the managers of these companies. Uh, And for that reason alone, I I find it difficult to believe that he will be a hall of famer, uh, political reasons, but maybe 20 years down the road, maybe that stuff goes away posthumously. I mean, who knows? But uh, for now, I I don't really think that's on the table. I think,
1: you know, what kills me about Scott, but you want to know what is on the table. Okay, I'll even drop my Scott Steiner thing. That segue is worth it. I with, I withdraw my complaint. Go ahead. Uh, What is on this week? We saw some USOs going through some tables, didn't we, DC Matthews? I'm taking my curtain call, so I'm I'm assuming that all of you are applauding my prescient brilliance. I'm taking a bow. Thank you. Thank you. Hacking! Thank you! There, It was only a matter of time before the Dudleys turned heel, and I am so glad that they did so now. Because now at WrestleMania, however they slice it, whether it's a multi-tag match, which it probably will be, or whatever... The Dudleys matter again. And I still haven't seen. Apparently we're going to get a pretty good promo from Bubba Ray and Devon on SmackDown tonight. Uh, Bubba Ray is a
2: fantastic to- talker. I don't care
1: who oh, you absolutely.
2: are. He is fantastic on the mic.
1: Especially um, as a heel. He knows how to push... Oh, absolutely! He was, you know, even when you when you saw him in ECW, you know, they talk about it. The fans literally wanted to kill him. Yes, you know, he is the fans so don't want to kill Kevin Owens. The fans don't want to kill uh, even The Miz. They might want to, you know, throw him out a window, but they don't want to kill him. Bull- Bubba Ray and I'm going to call him Bully Ray want can make you want to end his life. He is that. Good. He is such a good heel. He is. Which brings us to our email. The email I'm gonna... The email. What
2: what the email?
1: What's that email address again, DC? Why, Doc, it's DDT Wrestling at Gmail We have a first time emailer, a first time bestie is emailing us and Doc Manson, please take it away. DC and Doc. Lately,
0: I've been struggling with understanding the true definition of a heel. Is it the wrestler that the majority of fans legitimately dislike? Or is it the wrestler that, even if they are a fan favorite, is booked against the good guy babyface? Wrestlers, like Kevin Owens of The New Day, are booked to be heels. But their adoration by, by fans is evident when you see the seas of unicorn horns and fight Owens' fight merchandise. Something that, in my opinion, is an attribute of a face. Although I love KO and New Day, I refuse to believe that they are true heels, simply because I don't hate them. To me, wrestlers like The Miz and Sheamus are booked against the good guys and are much less adored than my examples above. To the point where SmackDown tapings don't require boos to be edited in their segments. All in all, I am writing to ask, what is a heel to you? Who should I boo? Who should I shame? Love the podcast and the discussions on the Twitter. Thanks, guys. Jake the Mark. At Jake the Mark.
1: Oh, my love. (laughs) My only that was a long distance dedication. That was an excellent. I could close my eyes <laughs> and hear Casey Kasem. Well done. Steve. thank you very much. Well done. Um, fantastic first time email. I agree. I uh, the, only, know, the,
2: only, the only thing I don't like about this email is we we talked about it before, and we only had like you know sixteen episodes of the show, so it could' have been that far in the past that we talked about it but uh but yeah. I don't know I, I, I agree pretty much with all of the points that he makes here it's one of the reasons why I struggled with the New Day when they were um, you know real popular I, they they're pandering to the crowd so much so that I can't consider them heels, and I like them less because of it. They're trying, ostensibly, to be heels, but failing utterly at doing so because I like them too damn
1: much. I can't say that they're trying necessarily to be heels. The New Day, in its essence, is trying to be entertaining. Love them or hate them, they are trying to be entertaining. They pull off heelish moves, but they do so with a tongue-in-cheek kind of... You're gonna love that we have this, you know, when they're like, Oh, I'm gonna play you a song on my trombone and you don't deserve it. And it's that whole like, ah, oh, you got us again, Xavier, you rap you. I don't see I think that. it's just weak heel work. I and I see I don't see it. I think they they recognize the fact that they are not really heels, which is why their merchandise sells. Watch tonight, watch Bubba Ray. And I think you will have an understanding of what true heel work is. You know, Kevin Owens is doing some fantastic heel work, but he does so in such an entertaining way you can't help but enjoy him.
2: Yeah, I have less of a problem with Kevin Owens than I do The New Day. I do not feel trying like, to be funny. He's not pandering. That's the difference. I don't think, anyways. Uh, yeah,
1: and New Day is trying to be funny. My, uh, Kevin Owens, you know, with the exception of the Michael Cole stuff, which is hilarious in its own way. I don't think it, it's funny that know, he's keeping with it. That's what makes it so... Kevin Owens, you have to stop and just go, I I don't know that I've ever seen a talent this naturally good at all of the little things that go along, you know, with being a wrestler. He has taken what works in a small high school gymnasium when there's you know 150 fans you can talk to the wrestlers you can yell something and everyone hears you he's taken that and applied it to a national audience and it still works where he yells stuff and you know whatever it was i can't remember if it was ziggler or amber oh no it was ambrose during the last man standing match where i hate you yeah that was good
2: (laughs) I mean, the last time we talked about this, I think I came to the conclusion that the best natural hero heel in the company
1: is uh, future fall- Hall of Famer, The Miz. Oh, absolutely. and I, I, think-, said that. I, I think I said the, one of the very first columns I wrote for New Age Insiders is the fact that The Miz is awesome.
2: He's really it- good at what he does. He is. I mean, just
1: just look at that
2: Miz TV segment he did with AJ Styles a couple. Was it this week? Last week? I don't remember. Two weeks ago.
1: But it was this week. It was with Chris Jericho, and it wasn't as good.
2: It wasn't as good. But I mean, that was still some excellent heel work by the Miz in that segment with AJ Styles two weeks ago. Um, nobody else is as. Um, Nobody else is is doing that kind of work right now, I don't think. No,
1: you know, he, Jake mentions the Miz and Sheamus, but there is a chasm of difference between where the Miz is and where Sheamus is. I don't
2: know if there's a chasm of difference. It's very different, but Sheamus is very much disliked as well, and frankly, that just says to me he's doing his job. These are people who you don't want to watch, you don't want to see. But to me, that's what a heel always was. They're now and ones again doing and, and right.
1: we we've, we've probably had this conversation before but i find there to be the distinction between uh you know the miz does stuff that makes me dislike him except deep down i love him Sheamus does stuff that makes me literally want to change the channel and not in a like oh he's doing some great heel work in a i don't care what you have to say like charlotte right now I don't care what she is doing at all. So when she comes on TV, I either skip ahead since because I'm a modern wrestling fan, I watch the day after or I watch later or I no, I stop paying attention. So if your if your heel heat is I don't care enough so that I'm not going to watch heat is that the same as someone like Miz who is you know, Miz is the guy you want to see break his teeth by getting kicked in the face. Oh, man,
2: this day and age, I think you can make an argument that both types are perfectly legitimate approaches to the role. Uh, hence, hence why The Big
1: Show still has a career.
2: Correct. And, I mean, to go back to some of the questions that Jake asked, who should I boo? Um, you should boo whoever you feel like booing, man. Just, just go with it, whatever you feel. Uh, who should I shame? No one you should not be shaming anyone let people live their lives jake let people live their lives
1: i know i don't ever want to do a video podcast but it is entertaining to watch you interact with that pop filter <laughs> you you and that pop filter have a, a just a just a nasty relationship <laughs> i have to tell I you i think we've got some good chemistry over here uh Something. You've got something over there. Um, speaking of chemistry. You're going to hate me, Neighborhood. I'm going to state an unpopular opinion. Thank you, Jake, for the email. That's not the unpopular opinion. I don't find Bailey to be captivating enough to be a main event part of NXT.
2: I'd like to point out that the moment Bailey won that championship, and in fact before I think, I was the one on the waves, on the airwaves, saying, Yeah, it's a great character and all, she's a good wrestler, but you can't carry a division on the shoulders of Bailey. That character. You can't. You cannot. And once more,
1: Doc Manson is right. Gloating. Well, I have no- you should i cannot argue with you because you i think you are argued a... with me then you argued with me then i i perhaps i did perhaps i did in fact i'm i probably i most certainly did um but she can't and you know the reason i know she can't mm. cuz they needed Asuka. yeah that was Asuka shoehorned came. that was really shoehorned in there that match happened I was not at all paying attention. I'm sure it was great. It was I'm okay. Sure the two, I'm sure the two legit BFFs put on a fine match. And I'm not criticizing Bailey's ability to wrestle. She is a fine wrestler. Mm-hmm. It is the fact that the underdog gimmick, which is what she has, does nothing for me. And when she's wrestling her best friend, who in all for all intents and purposes, is a far inferior wrestler to her, or seems like she should be, it does nothing for me. Now, perhaps that was Carmella's last NXT match, because rumors abound that Enzo and Cass apparently were part of the main event, or main event tapings or something, and Carmella was with them. Now, maybe it was a dark match, but I saw, you know, if that is the case and Carmella's just going up to WWE, it makes sense. But I was interested when Eva Marie and Nia Jax came out. That was at least somewhat interesting. But then Asuka came out, and I actually started watching with intent again. And it's it's that kind of, you know, we, we, we just spent a lot of time talking about what a heel is. You know, uh, uh, any a good wrestler, the best wrestlers are the ones who, when they appear on your screen... You can't help but look away. I'm sorry, Bailey, and I'm sorry to all of the Bailey fans out there. I'm hugging you virtually. Uh, I am not captivated by Bailey when she is on my television screen. And uh, I, I did not enjoy this week's NXT very much. Uh, part of it, not all of it, and we'll talk about why that is in a minute, but part of that was because um, Bailey's not a top draw right now, in my mind.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't think she's a top draw, but I thought that match was serviceable. Everything that happened after that, I thought, was some good development of story. It's they've got places to go, multiple places for that matter. I thought Alexa Bliss and Cameron actually put on a pretty good match. Uh, Apollo
1: Crews gave a nice sort of... Hold on, no, wait, let's get to everyone's favorite part of the podcast, Mrs. Manson Brings Doc Food Slash Drink. Hot cocoa today? Hot cocoa. Where's the marshmallow or the whipped cream? There's no whipped cream
2: in this house, and I don't think we have any marshmallows currently either. Unfortunate, but, you know, this is the real serious hot cocoa, like the real, you know, cocoa
1: kind, Uh, not your Swissness. What is that? What, What is the difference?
2: Uh, well, it's it's much more, um, you know, chocolatey. It's less sweet. Um, it's basically what you get if you just take a, a little bit of sugar, a teaspoon or so, and maybe like a couple tablespoons of cocoa powder, and you put it into uh, some hot milk plus maybe a dash of vanilla. It's it's delicious, but it's serious hot chocolate. It's hot cocoa, really. It, it's, it's like, uh, I don't know, liquid dark chocolate as opposed to, you know, it's a, it's an acquired taste. It's not as sweet, you know what I mean? So, but it's it's uh it's delightful. delectable. Well, I'm so glad. It has a wonderful mouthfeel.
1: That's what she said.
2: <laughs> I hope so. <laughs>
1: oh man. Um so Apollo Cruise, <laughs> Apollo, Apollo Cruise Apollo Cruise gave a good Okay. I I have to admit, I was skipping around so much I missed it. So tell me about the Apollo Crews promo. It wasn't much.
2: It was basically just him talking about how he finally got his match with Finn Balor. He finally got closure. He wanted to know after that last match what would have happened. And, you know, he found out basically saying that on that night, you know, uh, Finn Balor was the better guy. But it doesn't mean he's going to stop. It doesn't mean he's going to give up. You know what I mean? It, it, It was just. It was good to see them finally come back around and address that situation since we never really got closure on it the last time. was he smiling always always smiling seriously, he's the happy he's the happiest guy I know,
1: but he's cutting a promo where he's talking about realizing he's not the better man. Why would you smile?
2: Well, I don't know if he said it exactly in those words, but
1: you know, I think it was more about it was self-satisfying
2: to find out, to have reached that conclusion. Even if it didn't go his way, he knows he can get it done eventually. You know what I mean? So, it wasn't... I don't know. It was a very good competitive sort of thing.
1: Where does Apollo Cruz go from here? Uh, he goes...
2: He goes to the upper sort of mid-card until Finn to Balor drops the, the title Joe? and then he becomes a credible threat to the next champion. I mean, to be honest with you, I think... A lot of the problems with the main event of NXT is that Finn Bálor continues to be the NXT champion. He's not very interesting. He hasn't had a good program with anyone. And Since you can't Kevin Owens. Well, sh- sure. But even honestly, even his program with Kevin Owens was not very interesting. When I think about, you know, what uh Kevin Owens did with Sami Zayn and Sami Zayn what he did with Neville and, you know, even going back before that, that was all super interesting stuff, but since Finn Balor has gotten that title, I have not been invested. I honestly think it, it's on him. Um, I don't know if there's any truth. I thought I heard that maybe he was injured at a recent show. So yes, I don't know if he's going to be dropping the title or, or, or what.
1: But I think. Now, you know, I had heard rumors that he was working heel at some house shows, and then he did get injured. He suffered some sort of ankle injury and is out for a yet uh, undetermined amount of time. But I I had kind of assumed he was going to be dropping that belt anyways. I sure hope so. I thought Samoa Joe was, you know, was a, was a natural guy to take the belt off of him, uh, you know, I'm trying to think back. Kevin Owens was only champion for... It felt like a brief period it was in brief NXT. Period. And then before him was Sami Zayn. And then before him was Neville. We have not had a heel NXT champion since Bo Dallas. Who was a very different kind of heel yeah. than what Samoa Joe will be. NXT, I think, could benefit from a couple of things. One of them being Samoa Joe winning that title... And not letting go, you know, and being able to build challengers, Apollo Crews being one of them, for the next six to eight to possibly even more months. You know, I think Samoa Joe as the dominant heel champion, uh, kind of like how I guess Mil Muertes is in Lucha Underground right now, um, you know, where people have to like fight for the honor of facing Samoa Joe and then losing. Speaking of Lucha Underground. Am I the only one who does
2: not understand uh, the fascination with Joey Ryan?
1: I don't know who Joey Ryan is. Yeah, he's basically
2: a 70s porn star who worked in TNA for a while. Okay.
1: Is he on Lucha Underground?
2: Uh, He made a debut, I guess, on the episode last night. The Twitterverse was abuzz with it.
1: Yeah, I, I think he's tell beat, you like, at
2: the end of the show or something. Now,
1: again, I know very little about uh, Joey Ryan except for um, his apparent, you know, innuendos, and in some cases, more than innuendos. Uh, knowing that he is part of Lucha Underground makes me less interested in this season. I really don't understand what people see in
2: him. I, it's a very fun sophomoric sort of humor, I guess, I, and I don't. I'm not above. That sort of silliness. I love South Park. Don't get me wrong. But I just... I don't really have any patience for it in my wrestling product.
1: I, i you know, I, I'm okay with it. But the Attitude Era was about now going on almost 20 years ago. Um, and, you know, being like Shawn Michaels and Triple H were in DX is no longer funny. Yeah. That maybe just it's funny be to a different generation. Maybe this is maybe just showing our age. Yeah, we are maybe old. it's funny to a different generation. I'm we sure are, it is.
2: I'm sure it's we are very humorous. We, we are, are approaching yeah, a
1: I birthday know. since we are born, what, three days apart? Something Make like weird. that. Um, All right. How to transition from Joey Ryan into a topic that is still going. Um, well, speaking of... Sp-
2: Speaking of things on the internet that I don't understand at all, sure. People on the internet seem to be pretty upset about Titus O'Neil being suspended from there the WWE.
1: Nicely done, and quite well frankly, done.
2: I don't understand. I do not understand what people are freaking out about. They're saying, "Oh God, it's such a travesty of justice." Uh, Titus O'Neil was suspended. Uh, he grabbed the boss. He literally grabbed him by the arm and restrained him. If I don't know about you, but if I was at work and I took a staff member and I grabbed him by the arm and I pulled him over to me, I would probably get fired. You don't physically touch people that you're not supposed to be physically touching. I don't care if you're a wrestler. If you're not entering into you know, the dance of the wrestling routine, I don't care if you were trying to be funny. I don't care if you were trying to say, oh, ladies, first let Stephanie McMahon go out before you. I I don't care what it is you think you were doing,
1: but it's it's not appropriate. I think that people are, you know, and you're right. If I put my hands on a coworker or dare I say a student, I'm in trouble. Um, But at the same time, I think what they're looking at is because they can see the video thing, gif. Yeah. Because they can see the gif of it, um, and they see it, they look at it and they say, well, that's no big deal, you know, and then you suspend him for 90 and then perhaps now 60 days. You know, I think you look at it and you, you know, now people are saying, if there was a video of you grabbing a coworker and pulling them over people might say oh well, that wasn't a big deal it was just a little thing he was trying to get his attention you know it's fine we live, live in
2: a world where tapping someone on the shoulder to ask them to turn around and face you is assault whether you agree with that or not it is touching someone without their consent is assault period doesn't matter if you're being funny, doesn't matter if you're being helpful, it is not something that anyone should do at any time. Period. He stepped out of line and he got
1: suspended. Boo hoo, let's cry about Titus O'Neill some more. People are. There's 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 that heel Doc Manson that we've been waiting for. That's
2: not heel work, man. That's truth. I'm sorry. He shouldn't Our have done truth. truth.
1: He shouldn't have done what he did. Does Golden Truth win the tag titles at WrestleMania?
2: No, in fact, I'm not sure they ever wrestle a wrestling match on Raw.
1: So we're just we're just watching this for no reason.
2: It's kind of like Titus O'Neil and Stardust.
1: Oh, that would have been so good. Obviously, <laughs> talking about the the you know. The silliness of it. They go with Titus O'Neill and Stardust. That falls by the wayside. So they say, okay, let's get another face-painted guy and another African-American and let's pretend that they're the ones that are... Yeah. That's very funny. Uh-huh. Um, You know, I am I, I think I wrote in my article that I wrote on NewAgeInsiders.com about the Titus O'Neill thing. There's a lot you, I don't know and, you know... Um, Obviously, I don't think it was racially motivated. I think people are, you know, allowing themselves to read into that a little bit, that it happened to be a black superstar. You want to be upset about something? Titus O'Neil lost to Adam Rose on Raw before this happened. When? Why, why aren't we talking about that? Titus O'Neil lost to Adam Rose. And I love the social outcasts. Don't get me wrong. I think they're great. And this is Adam Rose's first win in almost a calendar year on Monday Night Raw. Singles win. But what was that? You know, here's Titus O'Neil who seems to be getting this push. Maybe not now. But seems to be getting this push. And then he loses to Adam Rose. Not even Heath Slater. Not Bo Bo Ryder. Adam Rose. Why aren't people more upset about that, I ask you? Yeah. I, I got nothing. But it's okay because the Social Outcasts are winning the tag titles at some point, and I'm excited. No, they're not.
2: They are. They totally are. No, they are the next version of the Three Man Band. And no. the only difference in the outcome this time is
1: when they all get released, Heath Slater goes with them. I, I see. I don't think so. I think the Social Outcasts are entertaining enough that I think they run with this a little bit. I think Three Man Band was entertaining enough. I didn't watch. I wasn't watching for three man band. That was Drew McIntyre and. Um, Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal, who apparently was supposed to be a good wrestler. He was okay. Never saw a single thing besides maybe a Royal Rumble. Uh, so are you saying that you would prefer these guys go back to NXT and try, like, what do you do with guys like this? You what fire do you do em. with guys. Why?
2: Because what good are they doing you? You could literally take that time on Raw. And put anything else on my television. Now, come Where, on. where's Damian Sandow? Down. Where's The Miz? I mean, I he know he won. Was there but He, he won wrestling.
1: on NXT last night. Why didn't you watch Damian Sandow's match on NXT because last that night?
2: That wasn't Damian Sandow. That was the drifter, Elias Samsonite.
1: Why does he have such a nice scarf if he's a drifter? I don't That's know. That's a nice scarf. I'm guessing he mugged somebody? I don't know. <laughs>
2: All right. Yeah, but um, I mean seriously, there's a million people employed in that company. Even if you just start pulling people from NXT and putting them on Raw, I...
1: would you rather watch Baron Corbin on Raw than watch the social outcasts? Yes. Would you rather watch Enzo and Cass on Raw than watch the social outcasts? Yes. Would you rather watch Cameron on Raw than watch the social outcasts? <sighs> that's
2: that's a closer draw. But if it's Cameron versus somebody whom can wrestle? Yes. Because Alexa Bliss versus Cameron was just fine on NXT last night. They gave okay. a good match.
1: Let's let's get real. Let's get real. Real. Would you rather watch the social outcasts? <laughs> or Blake and Murphy? Social outcasts. Thank you. Okay. I would rather There's watch Blake. Alexa
2: Bliss than any of them. But yeah, no,
1: but that's not that wasn't the question. But no, yeah,
2: Social Outcast, I would take over Blake and Murphy. Blake and Murphy okay. can go. They're done. I, I don't care to see them ever again. They have zero
1: points. See, I enjoy that they have taken these guys who were literally doing nothing and are making them somewhat relevant. And if it means they even contend for the tag team titles... I'm okay with it. I don't think, think they not contend. Just,
2: I think they're the jobbers of the tag division.
1: They're the people I, you get past to get to
2: actually contending for a title.
1: And no, and I think they, for a brief period, two months, three months probably at most, they are going to be people who, you know, let's say the Dudley boys wind up defeat, well, although New Day's got the belts. Let's say the Dudley boys win the titles at WrestleMania. Probably not a, not a, a hard leap. If the Social Outcasts stick around, and their shelf life is very small, I give you that. This gimmick does not last long. I could see them, let's say, pinning the Dudley Boys on Raw and getting a tag title shot at Payback or at Extreme Rules. Maybe that's as high as they get, but it's better than what they were doing. Would I like to see Damian Sandow in there? Sure. But since that obviously isn't going to happen, I am happy with them giving me that instead of another big show match, instead of another replay of the contract signing that they've already replayed me eight times, I'm happy with them using their roster um, like that. If they give get me released, a match with Golden Truth, they can do a segment. They can do, a, you know, where, where Goldust dress up like a bellhop, and it's probably better than their tag team match would be. Give me the
2: bellhop thing plus a match, and we can just forget all about the social
1: outcasts. Does Goldust have to wrestle in the bellhop thing? Absolutely. Have you ever, uh, either accidentally or on purpose, uh, put your foot in a toilet? No. Okay. Neither. <laughs> How well, about that's... yourself? Uh yes. What? There was one time in Vancouver and that's yes, I had I have I think inadvertently uh stepped into a toilet. <laughs> and that's the story. Just shaking my head for another day. Mm-hmm. Uh speaking of contract signings, Dean Ambrose is he the right guy to win this world wrestling Entertainment World Heavyweight Championship.
2: No, Roman Reigns is. You can fool yourself all you want. You can pretend like Dean Ambrose had a good showing this week on Raw. And maybe he did. But they're not deviating from the story they've been telling all year long. They've, they have, there's 12 months of investment into Roman Reigns. There's,
1: but, It's not but do we, zero? But do we chance. give... Zero, we, zero percent chance. Do we give WWE credit for Creating a narrative in which we can even dream—no—that Dean Ambrose no, because could it's win the
2: not title. the WWE. They happen to involve him in this main event scene, and Dean Ambrose does what he does when he gets opportunities. He shows how good he is. When Roman Reigns was out injured with his hernia operation, and they had to pitch hit, Dean Ambrose was a Seth Rollins for a couple of months. That was some of the most entertaining main event stuff I saw in the WWE in the last five years. Now you take the reins off of Dean Ambrose. It's the first time since then, really, that we've seen him do anything, and he's surprised. The best thing in that segment again. Are we going to give credit to WWE for that? I don't think no. so.
1: Well, and and you're wrong. The best seg. The best part of that segment was when Brock Lesnar. I honestly thought killed Roman Reigns with that table. <laughs> I'd really hope I had really. I honestly thought. I tweeted about it he's out for six months with an injury. I thought he tore his rotator cuff. He broke his neck. You know, I'm like, that table was not a table you use for a spot. That was a serious table. And he just toppled it over. Um, I, I do give WWE credit in some small, marginal way for not just having the Roman Reigns show. At least I, yes. for the next for I, I the agree. next few months, D, or at least for the next few weeks, rather, Dean Ambrose is a viable part, and he is more entertaining than Roman Reigns, which is why I wrote another column, because I wrote three this week, because I'm crazy, that said that Roman Reigns needs to turn heel. Dean Ambrose is so popular, and Seth Rollins is going to be even more so when he gets back. There is no point for Roman Reigns to be a babyface right now.
2: He's also you a are, terrible you are, babyface.
1: You are... You are Sisyphus You are pushing the boulder up the hill And as soon as you stop It is going to roll back down Every single they time They have been doing that The
2: entire time With Roman Reigns Why on earth do you think They would wisen up now That's because it, the entire, His entire main event push
1: Has been pushing that boulder uphill The entire thing Because they have the pieces in place To not have Roman Reigns be the next John Cena. Those pieces were there before. And again, they're not going to realize that, but you have Dean Ambrose, who can be your next, use whatever uh, analogy you want with a wrestler, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Brian Pillman, Roddy Piper, or he can just be the first Dean Ambrose. You've got that guy to be your top face. You've got Seth Rollins, who, Shawn Michaels, Edge, again, Call him what you will. You've got that guy who's going to be coming back as a top face. And you've got the actual John Cena who at some point is going to be coming back. You now have too many baby faces, And besides Brock Lesnar and Kevin Owens, we just talked about it, you don't have any good heels. Let Roman Reigns be a guy we actually don't like. Sure. Good luck with that. I know. I know. Now I'm sad. You should be. Um, speaking of sad, WWE Fastlane is in two weeks. There are currently four matches on the card. Four, huh? They must all really be some barn burners then. The. First one, you know, if I had to rank these four in order of the matches I am interested in, the first one, obviously, the triple threat: Lesnar, Ambrose, Reigns, no question. Oh yeah, absolutely, first place. The next one on the list that I care about, in fact, the only other one on this list that I care about is Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch versus Naomi and Tamina.
2: Oh, that sounds right like now. A great match.
1: That right now that is your second place match on this card.
2: And I'll tell you there's actually there's there's two reasons why I don't care about that match.
1: Sure, go ahead.
2: Their names are Naomi and Tamina. See, I like Tamina.
1: Uh-huh. And
2: what has she I, ever I, done that was worth watching?
1: she's a female she is what Nia Jack should aspire to be she doesn't have to wear as someone hilariously tweeted though I felt guilty for laughing she doesn't have to wear Aladdin's magic carpet to be uh, you know she she comes out in a leather jacket and and jeans and she's just a bad you know person she's she's bad so i i don't mind her she's never done anything but i don't think that's necessarily her fault i think i like her look i like her style i like the way she wrestles um i don't care about naomi which is fine Uh but it's just it honestly is just the sasha and becky that promo they cut i think it was on smackdown last week where they essentially were like i don't like you and i don't like you but we don't like them so did we just become tag team partners yes i think we did just that kind of odd couple relationship is entertaining. And it's more a statement about how the other matches are just awful and less about the fact that I'm actually interested. I have a modicum of interest in Sasha and Becky versus Naomi and Tamina. I have no interest in watching Charlotte versus Brie, and I have no interest in watching Del Rio versus Callisto par 612. It'll be a good match. I'm sure it'll be fine, but I don't care. Yeah, fair enough. I, I wasn't making that argument. All I said was it would be a good match. Now, we're a week and a half away from Fastlane. There's going to be other matches. We're going to see Owens and Ziggler, hopefully in a two out of three falls match or something. Again? They at least will put on a very good match. Both of those talents I enjoy watching. Uh, I think we're heading down the road of a AJ Styles versus Chris Jericho versus The Miz triple threat. Maybe. Or maybe we'll just watch AJ Styles versus Chris Jericho in an Iron Man match. I'd be okay with that, but I, I, I still think, I still have a a, a small shred of hope that we're going to see Dean Ambrose versus Jericho in an Iron Man match at WrestleMania. But the more Ambrose does to act like a main eventer, the less I think that's actually going to happen. Yeah. But um, we'll see a tag title match, which will be fine. But, and I I guess it comes back to, did we need a pay-per-view in between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania? Did there need to be a pay-per-view? Yeah. Because we needed to find a number one contender. And, you know, there's
2: too much time between January and April to not have another pay-per-view.
1: But why couldn't they have done some, you know, throw-in, king-of-the-ring, elimination-chamber kind of totally gimmick thing that doesn't have to be so storyline-driven?
2: Because you need to build a bunch of storylines for
1: WrestleMania. Can't you do that with... A Raw and a SmackDown each week? Are you are you saying that those shows are so inconsequential? It's, it's, I'm not that saying we need that pay per view. But, but
2: you do realize that you're talking about WWE and this is how they run their business twelve months out of the year. You're asking them to suddenly just change um the script. They have a big show they work towards every month. It's just their clockwork. It's their cycle. That's how they work. Asking for but something with different one, with one point
1: two with 1.2 million subscribers. If they're changing the way they work in that sense, wouldn't it therefore make sense that they're going to change other things as well? And, and I if think Raw, they will if,
2: eventually, but it's a if, if
1: there comes a time when Raw and SmackDown are on the WWE Network, what is the purpose of having a pay-per-view? I agree with you, but I think we're pretty far off from
2: Raw and SmackDown being exclusively on the network.
1: You might be right, and I guess the point I'm trying to make is yes, maybe there needed to be all of these storylines in place, but these are the ones. Del Rio and Callisto is the storyline. Charlotte versus Brie Bella is the storyline. Maybe I'm faulting. Maybe I'm faulting the pay per view when I should be faulting the storylines. Yeah, there probably. should be something a little more interesting in this.
2: I don't disagree.
1: Okay. Well, my friend my list is running low do you have anything else that you would like to talk about this good night before we vanish into the fade i think have you hit- played have you ever played the game the dragons age games no okay I am uh, I aware got, of them, but... I got the most recent one uh for Inquisition Valentine's Day. Inquisition? Yes. Uh, and so, and what I thought was cool about it is, you go to... Since I've never played any of the other ones, um, you Are go... Are you a Grey warden? I don't believe so. Oh, okay. I'm a... I'm an archer. I've played 22 minutes of the game. <laughs> okay. So... But what I did last night was there's a website you go to where you can essentially make all the storyline decisions for the previous two games and then upload it, and it will then change the world to match that. That is a very cool feature. Yep. Um, Do you enjoy those kind of open-world games like that, whether or not those RPGs? Those are RPGs, right?
2: Yeah, they are. Uh, these days, I prefer... The first-person RPGs, like uh, the Elder Scrolls series, Oblivion. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the Fallout series. I've, that never really clicked with me for various reasons. Um, and this top-down ones like Dragon Age really don't do very much for me either.
1: Well, what is the difference between, in your mind, uh, between Dragon's Age and Skyrim, which, to me, possibly the best video game ever?
2: Uh, Dragon's Age, To I'm, now, again, I haven't really played them in depth, but my impression is... That you're not just a single character, you have a party, and in that manner, I kind of feel like it's a more tactical game, where I have to make decisions about who's doing what at what time. And I'd rather just, you know, from the first person, make decisions on the fly and deal with my consequences later. It seems like a very different style of play to me.
1: Yes, so far, uh, I got 22 minutes in. I haven't experienced a whole lot of that, but that obviously is it. I don't know how I'll feel about that. Um, there was those we played with the the X men games where Charles Xavier was creepy i don 't even remember what he said, but he just come was, back uh,
2: any time
1: hello again, come hello back any time. But it was that kind of thing where you had four characters and you had to decide, you know, you needed a certain mix of them in order to accomplish tasks so somebody had to freeze But that was even
2: different, though, because those games were strictly action RPGs. There were choices, you're right, but ultimately it didn't matter which character you were. As long as you were pounding the X or square or circle button, you were going to kill things and move on. Uh, I I just feel like Dragon Age, again, I don't know how it's tuned. I don't know if it's more action-y or not, but my impression always was that it was more strategic, and that, that kind of turned me off from the I've, series.
1: I've shot some arrows at some demons, um, and I've made some choices in terms of you know, m- what I've said. And that's about all I've gotten. Now, I
2: will say they may have streamlined the series. That strategy I'm talking about may have been more prominent in the earlier uh, installments in the series, and mm-hmm. by the third one, that maybe that's more downplayed. Perhaps it is more action oriented. I don't. I don't know.
1: Well, I will. I will report back. All right. Uh, sir. Any recommendations for for games? If I have a PS4 and I'm going to be trading in some PS3 games in the near future to perhaps purchase another. Video um, game? I, I I don't know. I don't know what kind of games you like, but recent
2: releases, uh, PC and PS4. There was a game I think came out this week called Firewatch that I am very interested in playing. What is that? Yeah, I think what it's basically an adventure game, essentially, but it's kind of a more modern adventure game in that the the, the old like Lucas art style adventure games when you say adventure games as a genre people tend to think of picking up this item and combining it with that and using it on this thing and trying every combination to advance puzzles but that's really not what they are these days for the most part i think ever since uh telltale started with the walking dead uh episodic game a few years ago it's been more about like you said uh storylines uh making dialogue choices and kind of just seeing how that changes and develops the narrative, uh, I think that's really more what those games are about as opposed to action or or anything else. It's really just about the choices you make and what consequence that has on the world. Uh, So I think that game is very much a a narrative-driven thing, and I'm very interested in it. Uh, One of the podcasts that I've enjoyed listening to for many, many years, uh, video game related, is called Idle Thumbs. And the guys who do Idle Thumbs are also game makers. One of the reasons why I like uh, their show is because they take video game criticism from sort of a maker standpoint. It sort of transcends the standard sort of product reviews that you get on websites. And it becomes more like what you think about when you think of the term criticism in other uh, areas of art. You know what I mean? So anyways, that's why I've listened to them for a long time and they've worked at various places but they finally came together, formed their own studio called Campo Santo. Firewatch is their first
1: game. So, Uh, I'm interested. Well, right, I will have to to keep an eye out.
2: I've heard it doesn't run that well on PS4 currently but I'm sure it'll be patched.
1: Well, I tend to look for the older games. I guess Dragon's Age was not that old, but I tend to look for the older games because I've never played a God of War game in my life. I don't think Um, you'd like them. Probably not.
2: Well, I mean, I think you would like them because they are a lot of fun to play. But there's some... subject matter which the DC Matthews I know would find uncomfortable. Particularly in front of Mrs. Matthews.
1: Well, that's why this man cave exists. Alright. Although, apparently, uh, Grand Theft Auto V made it onto my wish list and it was asked that it was removed. Because Those games, they get a bad rap, the Grand Theft Auto games. But in all
2: fairness, especially since Part 4 on and 5, nobody does cinematic presentation and storytelling in games like Rockstar Studios. If you want to see the closest thing to 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 like that cinematic experience, a movie, a gangster type thing, you want to see the closest thing to that being translated into the video game medium, uh... Those games are very adult. They have some adult themes, don't get me wrong. But in terms of advancing the medium, the art form of video games, um, they're dealing with some very heavy themes... And they do it actually very well. In terms of, I mean, again, just as an art form, I don't actually think there's much out there superior to what they're trying to do in those games. Unfortunately, it often comes down to that lowest common denominator. People say, oh, oh, you can pick up hookers in the car, and it's awful, and kids should never see this. But if you actually see everything around that, and they've downplayed that ever since Part 3, that's less of a thing in Part 4 and certainly less so in Part 5. The cinematic experience of those video games is the pinnacle, I think, of what the of what the entire medium can do, at least within the confines of a third person action game. I think it's actually excellent, excellent stuff. Pinnacle I, uh, of an art form, if you I want just to want call to go it skydiving. video
1: games art forms. I, I love I love the games where I don't. That's the reason I love Skyrim is because I don't care about the main quest. If I literally want to run outside and decide to take my bow, because I tend to be archers when I play these games and I'm going to go deer hunting, I can literally spend four hours doing that. And if I happen to come across, you know, a stray dog that happens to be possessed by some sort of, you know, godly uh, assistant, like the Igor to some mad God, Dr. Frankenstein. Now I'm on a three hour quest to do that, that I didn't even intend on doing. And then through that, I discover this thing, which leads me into becoming hunted by an assassin. It's just, those kind of things are great. So I, you know, I was interested in Grand Theft Auto in that sense because, you know, it seems like I could literally be like, I'm just going to go take a plane and fly around for two hours, and I find that entertaining. All right, sir. We are approaching that 75-minute mark, and I think this is a nice way we should end all of our shows now. Uh, something positive in the world of pro wrestling um, that you're enjoying in the last week or so. Doc Manson, at Doc Manson, what do you got?
2: I love everything about Dean Ambrose and Brock Lesnar.
1: That was a nasty low blow. That was like a legit...
2: It was a nasty F5 that he took.
1: It, it, they both did a They're doing a very nice job with that. Like, I want to see just them wrestle. I'm going Ro- very, very
2: sad... When their triple threat match gets interrupted by the Wyatts for no reason, I'm going to be very, I, very sad.
1: I I think they need to they need to call an audible here, and they need to say like these two could have a last man standing, or you know those two could have a match at WrestleMania that that people will remember for a long, long time. And let Roman Reigns fight Triple H. If that's the story, let it happen. Dean Ambrose can become the next big guy. By taking on Brock Lesnar one on one, let the Wyatts do something else. Agreed. You know the so. um, Let's see. What am I? What am I? What are you thankful thankful for? What am I thankful for? Well, let's see. I enjoyed. um, I enjoy what. NXT seems to be doing with these, this Johnny Oregano, Johnny Gargano, and Tommaso Ciampa. They are becoming bigger stars without technically, I think, they do not have NXT exclusive contracts, but they are taking these independent darlings, they are making them potentially stars for them while also using them to put over other guys. We've seen it with Tommaso Ciampa versus Samojo. Joe. Uh, I liked that. That was my favorite match from NXT. Not that there was a lot to go with with this one, um, but I enjoyed that match. I thought Baron Corbin did a nice job. I'm I won't say I enjoy Baron Corbin, but I certainly don't hate him. Um, But I enjoy what they're doing with that. I think, you know, with all of these new guys coming in, uh, I think, you know, NXT has the chance, if they make a couple of changes, which we didn't really talk about today, but that's okay. If they make a couple of changes to the way they do business, um, I think NXT can be a pretty fun place heading into the rest of 2016. So I'm enjoying... um, some of that kind of undercard work uh, happening in NXT right now. And the social outcasts, because they are now trending. Okay. So. You go with yourself. Uh, I will I, not shame I, you. Just like I told I Jake. Think, I will not shame you. you No shame. over your love. No shame. Love, find your happy. Mm-hmm. That is the message. That would be our shirt. DDT Wrestling, and on the back it would say, hashtag find your happy, and people would assume Many, many things.
2: Uh, I don't think you could be anything but uncomfortable while wearing that.
1: Sometimes sacrifice is in order. So if I need to be uncomfortable for the betterment of our podcast so we get more than no fans, then I will do so. Um, My name is DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. And I am joined as always by Doc Manson. Hello. At Doc Manson. Please email us. DDTWrestling at gmail.com. Become our bestie. And maybe that's it. We need DDT Wrestling bestie shirts that we send to uh, our favorite. Maybe Jake. Tour.
2: by virtue of us having only your email this week. But in all fairness, it was a very good email.
1: It was a great email. I One of the best we've upon ever had.
2: You the weekly pod bestie.
1: Yes. Title the weekly. You are the weekly bestie. Indeed. All right. DDTwrestling@gmail.com. He's Doc. I'm DC. Thanks for listening. We'll see you down the road. We're Cabanzo Beans!